0: it's time for the hammer down show with Jared Jesoltus oh yes and what was that beginning middle and end part again streaming online at 1017 thehammer.com all right sounds good let's do this. Let's go ahead, though, and get started. Uh, Much like we always do, it is time for the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's get started here. Uh, Some breaking news. Congratulations to Purdue Women's Golf. They will uh, head to Raleigh for the regional, the eighth straight NCAA regional berth for the Boilermakers. You'll love to see it. Shout out to Zach Bird. That's my coach, man. Let's go. We had him on the program, what, like two weeks ago? He's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, happy for him as uh, the Boilers are going back to a regional in his uh, his old home state. It's a sweet tease on me in this tweet. I absolutely love it. Good for him. We've also got a, uh, a little bit of football news here that's non-portal related. Purdue saying that after 135 seasons of Purdue football, they've never hosted a Big Ten opponent on a Friday. Would you like to guess what's going to happen? Yes, they will host a Big Ten opponent on a Friday night. Uh, the television partners in time for that game have yet to be announced, but Purdue will take on Wisconsin Friday, September the 22nd. Interesting. You know me, Friday nights are for my high school football. That's what we're out. That's what we're doing. And I just, I just took a look at the schedule. Now it's hard to take a look at the schedule in the Hoosier because of what happened yesterday, but at least the NCC, I still have an idea and we have uh, Harrison hosting Jeff that night. <laughs> That's not one you want to skip either. Oh, this is terrible timing. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not mad at anybody. It all is what it is. But I, I, I'm i not a big fan of Wednesday night or uh, Friday night Big Ten football. Just not for that reason. I, I like our high school football. I love our local athletes. We'll deal with it when we get to September. Anyway, uh, baseball back tonight. Alexander Field, 6 p.m. They're going to take on Miami of Ohio, $3.00. Uh, tickets are available. I believe it was a trading card set. They were supposed to give away on Tuesday. That got uh, that game got postponed. So that'll be uh, tonight instead. Uh, Mike Bolton Jr. looking to set the career, uh, career, the Purdue career record mark in stolen bases, and he could do that. So he'll hit seventy one and be all alone in first place if he gets one tonight. So get out there and see history. Again, three dollar tickets. Three dollar concession items are also available tonight at Alexander. Uh, Chicago baseball is—you uh, you, get—it's the shorts. You get the upside and the downside. Well, uh, the Cubs got the upside right now. Uh, they get a 6-0 victory over the Padres on a cold night in Wrigley. Justin Steele, five and a third, five Ks, three hits, two walks. Yan Gomes—Yan Gomes, uh, Gomes sorry—homered. Uh, he gomered, as uh, the Twitter account said, uh, for the fifth time this season. Four for four on the night for Yan. You love to see that. Three RBIs. He's hitting 381 in his last ten. With all five of those uh, dingers coming in that span as well. So he's heating up right now. He's got an RBI in seven of his last ten games as well. Tonight, Drew Smiley is on the mound. And uh, look at this. Here's a name that's familiar opposing them. Michael Well, oh, You remember him at the Cardinals? Uh, well, the Cubs sure do because uh, they like seeing him. He is 4-8 lifetime in 20 games against the Cubs with a 6.50 ERA. Only one of those wins has come when he's been at Wrigley. And he's allowed at least one run in every start inside the friendly confines. I would say that is a good matchup <laughs> going into uh, tonight. Uh, the White Sox, on the other hand, they get the downside of the shorts. Uh They lost their sixth in a row. 7-0 last night to Toronto. Sox mustered a lousy four hits, struck out ten times, did not have a single extra base hit. Clevenger, roughed up, five innings of work, seven hits, six runs, struck out three. Sox are now 28th in on-base percentage right now. That's killing them. They're simply just not getting it down to the plate. Uh, they got a pitching staff. Cease has been good. The pitching staff is weird. Listen to this. Sox pitchers have given up the third-most homers. They've given up the second-most earned runs, the second-most walks, and yet somehow they have the third-most strikeouts in the league. How? How? Now, they're going to take on, um, they're taking, they were taking on a lefty. The game's actually going on right now. They trail five to nothing in this one. Um, Remember that? We used to hit this all the time last year on the bets. You know, it was the White Sox against a lefty. They've been so good. But this year is not, that is not translated over at all. Kopech had given up 16 runs and four starts, eight homers. He was walking 14 walks allowed. That's the ninth worst, ninth worst in the league, going into this game. And he had a game in hand. Everybody else at the top of the list had pitched five games. He only pitched four. Righties are hitting 344 against him this season. So how did he do today? Well. Somewhat on brand. Five innings, six hits, four earned, two walks, four strikeouts uh, for Kopech. Jays currently lead five to nothing. Just one homer given up, and that was the Bo Bichette here in the uh, bottom of the seventh. One out said Chapman's up at bat right now. We'll keep you posted. But if you're a Sox fan, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's maybe not a posting that you want. They've been bad, especially without Tim Anderson in the lineup. That's what kills them. And remember we gave you that number here, where like their, their expected runs drop from like almost five down to like below four without him in the lineup. Rough stuff, rough stuff. All right, let's go back to DraftKings uh, tonight here, and uh, let's see if we can put some winners together. A reminder, you get that uh, free NBA no-sweat same-game parlay or same same-game parlay X. Uh, they do that every night, uh, this uh NBA playoffs. I look I hit yesterday on the NBA playoffs on the uh, pick if you heard the spots. Uh tonight we're going Miami and Milwaukee, uh over uh two nineteen and a half. Uh what was the number I had there? It was like uh this last six games in Milwaukee between the Heat and the Bucks have hit the over and they've gone over in uh four or three of four so far this series. Miami was terrible in the regular season scoring. All of a sudden, like, they're leading in the postseason. It's crazy. Giannis is supposed to be back tonight. I mean, you know that dude's getting a double-double. So that's my NBA pick. NHL playoffs, I'll tell you what. I It's been tough out there. Like I, I want to figure out this Avalanche series. They're back at home tonight. Against the Kraken. Kraken without McCann after uh, taking a rough hit the other night. I think I like the Avalanche. I probably like Boston tonight. And they are going for the knockout punch tonight, correct? Against Florida. I like Florida. I honestly thought that they were going to have a chance in this series. But Boston just looks... look too Good. Game five here, and uh, Boston looking to uh, clean them out. Take care of business tonight. I think I go with Boston. So I think you parlay those two tonight. I like that. They'll give you a surge, a first goal scorer surge in this one, too, plus 200. And that's not bad. I like that because you know you put a couple of bucks down on that and you can make some decent money on it. Matthew Kachuk is not bad at plus 1400. Pasta's the favorite, David Pasternak at uh, plus 700. Bergeron is back. I know he's anxious to score and he adds in this new wrinkle for them. He's at plus 1300. That's not a bad move there either. Sam Bennett's a real long shot at plus two thousand, so twenty to one right there, you can get to twenty-two and one. Those are all guys. I I, I would, if you're gonna take somebody, Posternak, Bergeron, Matthew Kuchuk, or I go as low, I, I go down to Sam Bennett at the twenty to one. Those are those picks. Pick who you like. Tampa Bay and the Lightning's gotten weird. But that's not until tomorrow. It's just those two games tonight. Ugh. I hate that. Baseball, I love the Cubs today. Like I told you earlier here, Waka is terrible. Drew Smiley does not have a whole lot of swing and miss stuff, but he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of hard contact. And even if he does, it's not exactly great conditions for that ball to fly out at Wrigley tonight. It should be pretty It should be what? Wind should be blowing in. It's not going to be a warm day out there. I'm wondering, what's the humidity like tonight? I mean, it's going to be cold. It's going to be 40. Winds are coming in from the center. Not, not a ton of a breeze, but you don't need a ton of a breeze out there at Wrigley Field. Humidity is going to get up into like the 60 to 70% range. This ball's is just not going to fly tonight. So I don't think you have to worry about the Padres taking too much advantage of Drew Smiley. But Waka has not been good in Wrigley. I and mean, we've seen that. He's not good, period, right now. He is a shell of when he was throwing flames and stuff in St. Louis. But yeah, I, I think that's that'll be my MLB play tonight. He just... Not good. I was trying to look up the numbers here. He's just not going... ERA right now. And I know he's not good at Wrigley. So there you go. I like the Cubs tonight. I hate both these. NHL just has not been providing for me here like it has been in the regular season. But I think I like Boston and I like Colorado. So I think I'll go with those. That gets you in the plus money. I'm not thrilled about that. And I'm going the over in that Heat and Bucks game tonight. Those are the plays. Best of luck. A lot of boost tonight. MLB No Sweat Wednesday boost, by the way. Live same-game parlay boost for you this evening. And an all-sports 33% boost. And your MLB same-game parlay up to 100% boost. Don't leave money on the table sure you lose, use my friends over there at DraftKings. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. The portal. Can't stop talking about it, can we? Uh, it is affecting Purdue positively and negatively. And um, one program is drawn a lot of attention to what the portal is right now. And uh, we'll talk about that. And it may us, it may just give us a glimpse into what the future of college football could look like. Hang tight. we got lots to discuss. It's the Hammerdown Show next on 101. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. You can always reach out to me with your thoughts, your takes, and your questions at 765-447-4080. Text it in, 765-447-4080. It just dominates my timeline. doesn't matter what social media I'm using. It's the portal. It's news of the portal. This person's in the portal. This person's in the portal. Oh, my goodness. Well, the portal giveth; the the portal will taketh away. That's the uh, nature of the beast. For Purdue, you got a couple of names in there. That okay, but at the same time, it's I think it's a little bit frustrating here. Uh, Eric Miller, the offensive uh, lineman, is into the portal. Big man, six seven three zero five played 29 consecutive games at tackle. He's out. That one hurts. You want depth and options at offensive line? That one hurts. Brady Allen into the portal. Again. Which I we talked about this yesterday. When the news kind of broke. I Good luck to him. I, I understand that you're now competing with a freshman. To um, to, to get that number two spot. I understand you weren't recruited ever by this coaching staff. Maybe it's time for a fresh start to be able to use the remainder of your eligibility. I, I don't hate it. I 100% get it. I wish it would work out for him here. I think fans were getting a little bit excited about him and possibly being the future at quarterback at Purdue. But that was under the old regime. Things are changing, and you know, I would like for him to be able to go and play someplace where you know he's going to get a good shot at being a starter. I don't know that he gets that here. So you lose two pieces there. Jeffrey Embas here for Purdue. Big defensive lineman out of Auburn. This dude is massive. 6'6", 305. GoldenBlack.com says that he was the number one rated junior college player in the nation. Uh, when he came out of Independence Community College in Kansas a year ago and then went to Auburn. So, yeah, a big body. Like I said, it giveth, it taketh. But, again, this becomes the new reality of what is going on Uh, in college football we've been telling you on this show now for a year or two that it was going to get like this i know we've had brian newbert on several times to talk about the way it is in basketball and that's come to fruition we've had tom on so many times and he's told you this is what's going to happen but there is a real test brewing a real test brewing right now with what you're going to be able to do in the portal And that is in Colorado, where it continues to get dicey. Players upset that they can't get some of their practice tape to send to other schools, that the coach will not let it go. There's an article out in The Athletic today with some of these guys who were now cut from Colorado What their experience was like. Everything from some very, very nice and heartfelt things said by Deion Sanders to uh, guys going, I don't even think he knew who I was or what my name was. All in all, 51 transfers out from Colorado right now. 51. The question becomes, can you fill those spots? Now, the personality that Coach Prime is, he might be one of the few exceptions that you're able to get enough out of the portal. I find it hard to believe, though, that Colorado was as bad as it was, that you're going to be able to go and dip into this portal and find 51 guys that are better than some of the ones that you have cut. On three had uh, this quote from uh, Travis Gray, who is a a Colorado legacy, son of the 1990 national champion. Hey, you're going to have a great six foot eight, 320 pounds. Those guys don't necessarily grow on trees. And I know not every six, eight, 300 pounder is a great uh, offensive lineman. But are you going to be able to get enough guys in? It's 51. Is the portal loaded? Absolutely. But are you going to find 51 guys that fit to do what you want to do? and that are willing to come out to Colorado and play for you? That's the question. I don't have an answer. I would say that that is a coach right there that if anybody could probably pull that off on reputation alone, he's one of them. But it's a real great case study right now because if he does pull that off, and there are very minimum gaps. I still think there's going to be a couple guys he's just got to take because he needs some depth and he's got the room. But if he's able to pull that off, that just sets a new standard. That shows you that as a new coach, you can come into a place, and if you have the financial support or at least you know fan support – I know they're still going to try to figure out how to pay him. I don't know what the NIL situation is like there. But if you could come into a place and you have that kind of support that you can completely turn around a roster, if we're talking 50 kids, you can do that? That's going to set a new standard, a new expectation, and quite frankly, it will be a new way business is conducted in college football, And that was one of the quotes in the athletic article. The coach Bryan conducted like a businessman. Cold world out there, and he's able just to be, "Hey, we're cutting you." I can't imagine what it's like to be there and and go through the last few years at Colorado, and then you know work your tail off, and then here you come in like a senior year, and the new guy comes in and says, "Hey, you're out of here. Sorry." I don't think you're good enough to play for me. That's tough. It's a cold world. I don't know where I land on this here because we have the portal, right? Flip that script. Guy can't go up to his coach and be like, hey, listen, I think I can do better someplace else. I think I can go get some better money someplace else. I'm out of here. See ya." Hopefully you're able to fill that spot with somebody good. And they have the same rights. I think it stinks that if you've been there for a couple of years, you made this agreement with the university because that's what they used to tell you all the time, right? You know, that was the old reason why we couldn't have the transfer portal is, you know, you don't make, coaches are obviously a factor, but, you know, when you're going, you're going for school. You decide on a school, not a coaching staff, not a program. And because of such, you know, when you got that line, I thought, you know, the university honors that that scholarship. Now, it's like a year-to-year contract. It is, really. That's the new reality. And a lot of things that have changed in college athletics benefit the student-athlete a little bit better. And I, I do like the portal... From that aspect of things change. Sometimes guys just need a fresh start. Philosophies change. Promises are made but then not kept. I'm not a fan of these guys that jump in and will do three or four different you know, D1 schools in their career. Not a fan of that. But this is the new reality that it is right now. And if, D, if Coach Prime can pull it off... More first-year coaches will look to try to do this kind of thing. I mean, it's just, it's the new reality of the beast here. And part of me, I, I feel bad because now you have kids that, are, you got 50-some-odd kids from a university that, let's face it, most of them probably thought they were going to stay there at Colorado, maybe for their career, at least for another year. Not necessarily fully prepared to get a release, now you got to go ahead and, and find a new program and you're going to be lucky to get a scholarship someplace. That's what I hate about this for the kids is, you know, you had your education it's paid for and that's essentially taken away from you. Top tier kids will be okay. It's those depth guys that you know might find it hard in this new reality. That's the one aspect I don't like about it. Is There's kids that are losing out on, on an education at a university they generally wanted to go to. Now, you know, they of course they have the right to stay there if they want, but you can go someplace else, but maybe that's not the place you dreamed at finishing your academic career. It's real messy, but this is a real case study here. If he's able to do... Uh, do this and be successful, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to take another break. Come back. Hey, got more Hammer Down Show next for you on 1017 The Hammer. one hundred one. Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. You can always reach out to the show by texting the Hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080. It's uh, not looking good for the old white sucks right now. Down 8 nothing in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, Socks down to their last three outs. If they were to lose this one by the score of eight to zero, that means uh, they would have been outscored in the last two games fifteen to nothing and twenty to two in this series. Last time I checked, that's not good. They're just bad right now. That would be loss number seven in a row. That would make losses in uh, nine of the last ten. She's one two three, four five six one six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 11 12 13, 14. so in the last 15 games they will have won two of those and don't get no easier you're gonna get home and you got four against Tampa Bay starting tomorrow and cease catches McClenahan. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, he's only 4-0 and with a 1.86 ERA and 37 strikeouts, and it's not a big deal. And it's not like he didn't absolutely uh, destroy them for 10 strikeouts, uh, what, four or five days ago? Gave up two homers, but 10 strikeouts and they won easily. So yeah, that's going to be that's not going to be a favorable matchup for the Sox. Did they get swept in that series too if I remember right? Yeah. It's three games down there in uh, Tampa, lost 8 to 7, 4 to 3 and 4 to 1. I guess what it've been like a lights out Rays team at that moment. Still doesn't help when you get your ace going up against Their ace. And you're looking for some kind of break here. Just need some kind of win. You're not going to get it. Down their last out, by the way, with Aloy at the plate. And he's over three and struck out twice. So don't hold your breath. All right, big news is we were uh, on the air yesterday. The Hoosier Conference released a... uh, There was a press release saying Lewis Cass would be leaving the conference And initially go, okay, here we go again, right? Just went through this with Harrison and McCutcheon. But there was a big difference. Cass was going to leave the conference at the end of the school year, this school year. Holy smokes, that's pretty quick. What do you got, like four weeks left? So, you need to find somebody and you need to find somebody quick. And if you're looking for teams that are still looking for homes, obviously McCutcheon and and Harrison are out there. First off, why so quick? Why not wait another year? Well, the answer to that's pretty simple. Uh, Tippecanoe Valley is leaving the Three Rivers Conference, they're going to go form a new conference. And so, yeah, they want to get that started. So, you know, if you're looking for potential fits here, and they are, and they want to do it quickly, you have to do it quickly. I mean, your quickest fix is what? McCutcheon? Not that I think that they would jump it. I mean, that's going to be a 6A school in a conference that is filled with, you know, 2 and 3 A's. But I don't necessarily see a whole lot of options that are appealing for them. You know, it's a little bit different from McCutcheon and in Harrison to find a home because I thought that there were some interesting scenarios and we played out several of them. They weren't like the best in terms of geography. But getting to the size that they were in the location that they were at, I didn't think there were a ton of great options to do that. If you look around at what's available for you to to you as a member of the Hoosier, I mean, just a reminder, that's West Lafayette Central Catholic, Hamilton Heights, Western, Rensselaer Central, Tipton, Northwestern, Benton Central, and Twin Lakes. And these mid-sized schools, adding in a McCutcheon seems a little off-balance for everything else that's in the Hoosiers. Ge- geographically, it fits. But I don't know if that fits with the school size, if that's something that they want to. Harrison's definitely not a fit. Harrison shouldn't want to do anything with that, playing in that conference. They need something. They They need bigger schools. You know, the Heartland is a candidate, but somebody would have to step up to him. You know, those are some smaller schools, but at least we're in the ballpark. We're in better ballpark, I think, than adding a, a Harrison or McCutcheon there. Delphi was in that conference, and we remember how that ended, right? I think you got to have to cross Delphi off the list. But there, we're still dealing with a lot of 1 and 2A teams. Uh, who is willing to make the jump up there? That's a 2A team that's willing to, to compete with those 3A teams, right? Eastern. you know, Clinton Prairie's a 1. Uh, Delphi's a 2. Carroll is a 1. Price Central's a 1. Clinton Central is a one, and just most of them just seem too small. But geographically, maybe that's maybe that's a place. But I don't see a whole lot of I, I just don't see a whole lot of intriguing options there for you. You know, the Sagamore's got some teams that might be a little bit more on par. You know, Frankfurt's a 4 a school. Crawfordsville still kind of fits your footprint as well. That's a 3A. Do they want to leave the Sagamore? Eh. I've heard rumors that there could be other exoduses from the Sagamore. And if that's true, perhaps a couple of those are in play. You know, Weibo's in there, but now, like I said, we're, we're kind of getting a little. That seems. I, I would say those are the type of teams right there that semi fit your footprint. And they address, you know, the level of schools and, and school enrollment that you kind of want to keep in that conference. That seems about right, right? So I gotta wonder if the Sagamore doesn't have some targets. The question is can you get somebody to just jump in here over the course of a couple of months? I don't think that's very easy. It especially creates a problem in football. Because right now you've got a you've got a schedule out that includes Lewis Cass. Now, they only play one of our area teams. That's West Lafayette, and that's on September the 29th. That's supposed to be a road game. But because of the way that it's set up, I mean, you get five conference games, and there are ten teams in the conference. But they do it by divisions, and then there's that crossover. So now you only got four teams in the East and five teams in the West. How do you do this? How do you replace those games? You maybe you can go out there and replace them with non-conference opponents, but then what do you do for everybody in the uh, in the last week of the season? Because somebody would have to sit out, somebody would miss a game. So the Hoosiers going to have to figure out a way to kind of to, to to reschedule all those cast games to. To, to make it work out in the conference. And then they got to figure out how they're going to crown their champion. So it, it really is, it's quite the unique situation with the Hoosier. Um, and a lot more complicated, even though you're, you know, it seems more straightforward. It's somehow more complicated than what's happening uh, with McCutcheon and Harrison. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We will wrap up the Hammer Down show. Next. <laughs> Wrapping up the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared just lights. Let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. This article from USA Today. I love. It's about a uh, a little league in New Jersey that requires spectators who They say, um, I'm trying to, how you put this. Basically, if you cross the line with an umpire as a fan, as a spectator, anyone who confronts an umpire during a game must themselves have to come back an umpire three games before they're allowed back as a spectator. League president says they think it was a bad call, which always amazes me that they can see a strike zone better over there than the umpire can with one foot back, or with one foot in back of them. The abuse has been so bad, he said they've already had two volunteer umpires quit last week. This is out in Toms River, who's, you know, had some of the Little League World Series teams. But I love this. Look, it's a constant reminder that a lot of these folks are Volunteers. Some of them do get paid, but they certainly do not get paid to put up with you. And every year, especially baseball and softball, you'll see a lot of these videos. You'll see them all summer. These people taking abuse and canceling the game, just walking out on the game because they're just not going to take it anymore. And if you're doing that to a volunteer, I'm sorry, that's more on you. Now, while I like the idea of the punishment, I don't know that I necessarily love the punishment. Because if you're the type of person that feels the need to berate an umpire at a little late game, I don't want you anywhere near the field or involved in it in any way, shape, or form. You're a grown person. I don't need you to see how it feels to get berated by random parents while you try to do a job for free. I like it from the, the standpoint of listen if uh if you keep on doing this to our officials, we're not gonna have officials and we can't have games, so I need you to come back to do this. But also there's gonna be some people that this just does not stop them, and instead of just volunteering uh like a real person, they will just uh they'll they'll go get their money's worth before they have to go do that. I'm sorry, if you act a fool like that in front of your kid's little league team you shouldn't be allowed back, period. But I do like that they're trying to do something with this and send a message that it's not okay. It's innovative. I'll give them that. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Uh, Good talks here. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm sure there will be plenty more portal talk to get into. Uh, It seems like it's going to be a daily thing for us, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Uh, Also, uh, women's tennis will kick off their uh, Big Ten tournament hopes. Uh, We'll have lots of other local sports to talk about. That's tomorrow, back here on the Hammer Down Show.